Hi, kids! <laughs> this is Krusty, and you're listening to the Bob Culture Podcast with your host, Rob Crother. How much are you getting paid for this? That's it? Ugh. Alright, ladies and gentlemen, welcome back to Bizarro World 2020 BCP Ska Edition <laughs> right now. And I'm so excited right now. We are in Bizarro World, like I said, but we all need a little bit more Ska in our lives. Luckily, I found one of the best Ska fans on the planet in the local scene right now. Uh, right now, I'm so excited. <laughs> it's true. No, I'm so excited. Um, these guys have played the likes of Skate and Surf. Um, these guys have won multiple awards over the years, including Best Band Album for the Elephant Music Awards, multiple occasions. Guys, please welcome to the show, Josh, Becky, and Gary, your friendly neighborhood ska band, the Backyard Ooh. Superheroes. What's up, guys? How are you? What's up? Um, Bob, when we talked before this, I said the one thing I wanted you to mention was that I was nominated for Sexiest Man in Ska, and you didn't mention that, so I'm going to go. Well, you nominate yourself, it doesn't count. No, no, someone else nominated me, a mystery anonymous person, an anonymous. Gary, you, Gary, you have your own section of questions here, man. We're, I, I hear there is a wrestling gimmick. We'll get there, man. I got you, bro. No worries. I got a picture of him getting punched in the face by Roman. Oh, this is, really? is a daily occurrence. <laughs> Called marriage, but, um, guys. But yeah, guys, real quick, you know, obviously, world's a crazy place right now. Uh, how's everyone making out with this COVID situation? Everyone's staying safe and all that? Everyone's family doing well? Life could be worse. Yeah, yeah. I'm making out a lot. Yeah, I gotcha. Um, <laughs> but, uh, but yeah, guys, like, uh, you know, I, I talk to a lot of creatives, a lot of performers on the show, a lot of wrestlers, a lot of, you know, a lot of the local bands here. Um, do you guys kind of feel, you know, you obviously put out the song recently. Did you guys kind of feel like that obligation to you know, want to do something creative or put something out. Um, and again, there's like a little bit of a message in that song. Did you guys kind of feel that calling? So, I would say that song was uh, kind of a me getting uh, an idea and telling the band that, hey, we're recording this. <laughs> and then the rest of the band going, yo, we all have work and lives. <laughs> Leave us alone. I work from home, so it was really easy for me. But I mean, this is the first time we ever did something that we didn't have an actual studio. Like we all had to record ourselves, basically. Me and Bex made the rounds throughout the band, and uh, we we did an original mix by ourselves before we brought in our buddy Len over at Landmine Studios. And uh, yeah, I mean, overall, I mean, we, we're all missing the concerts. We're missing life. We're missing our friends. Some of us are missing Gary. Some of us aren't. There it is. Eh. <laughs> you know, this is my favorite time to be in a band because we don't have to have band practice. We don't have to have shows. You didn't come anyway. And my instrument, but I could be like, yeah, I'm in a band. It's it's the perfect scenario. So speaking of that whole situation with uh, Gary and having to play his instrument, we actually found out about five years into the band that Gary has no idea how to play chill out, dude, because he always just took the sax and ran into the crowd. <laughs> yeah, our, our set closer for a long time, and I don't know how to play it. Isn't that that's pretty sad. <laughs> Oh, yeah. I wrote that part. It's true. Yep. Talk, you know, you mentioned this a little bit, but talk about that recording process. Like, 
Um, you, you said, you know, obviously you guys weren't together. Did you guys end up like writing the song like virtually? Were you guys able to get together a little bit? Was it record the drums first, then bass, kind of like the usual process? How were you guys able to put that puzzle together? So I guess I'll take this because I started it. Two <laughs> o'clock in the morning one night, I had the idea. No, um, I, I kind of came up with like a scratch track. And I didn't, when I wrote this, I didn't even know if it was going to be a full band thing. Um, I didn't know if we'd be able to do it and pull it off right. So it was just going to be a quick, like, acoustic solo thing. And I brought it to the band. We decided to make it this whole thing. And we actually invested. We bought interfaces. We bought mics. We bought all this stuff. Wow. Um, Carrie did next to nothing on this whole thing. It was great. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> no, but, I mean, we, so I started with it. I brought it over to Kyle, our drummer. He put down uh, a, a basic drum line, electric kit. So it actually worked out really well. Um, I, I laid down guitar. We had, you know, guitar and bass from the rest of the band. And then... We got to the horns, and uh, I'll let you guys. I, actually, I might as well let Bex do it because she kind of started the process. <laughs> the horn, it was a little different. Yeah, horn writing for us is usually. I mean, the advantage that we have when we're all together is obviously we can say, "Hey, yeah, this works." Wait, no, you guys are playing the wrong thing, or you know, it's just it's way easier to collab face to face. But um, yeah, I mean, we. So I don't know. It's really it's really strange because some songs will have will have an idea for like our um, like our alto range instruments, so like your trumpet and yeah. um, and trombone. And then other times, you know, we have the low end where it's just Gary and I, and we're like, all right, what can we make work? So, um, you know, in in all honesty, with this one, so I have recording equipment um, because I'm I'm an audio person, always oh, have cool. been. Um, so yeah, in a past life. Uh, so it was one of those things where I was like, all right, you know what, let me just hook it up. Let me record a line on bass clarinet just as a scratch line. Let me send it to, um, you know, to the rest of the horn players and then, you know, and think, okay, does this work? What do you guys think? Um, and then that ended up becoming the baritone saxophone line. Um, so, I mean, fortunately we all have pretty good ears in the band. So, um, it's one of those things where we pretty much just rolled with it and we just said, wait, does this, does this work on top of this? It's like, yeah, sure. Why not? We'll make it work. And, <laughs> and that's now, the coolest thing as, that came yeah. out of this is all the horns layered on top of each other. We didn't know what the horn line fully was going to sound like until we had everyone together. And I mean, yeah. Bex handled her recording. Uh, she got Gary. I brought in Brian and then we brought in Aaron. We had no idea how this was all going to fit together and whether or not, you know, everyone actually listened to it before going to the studio, and it all, I mean, it was one of our best songs we put out. <laughs> it definitely required a lot of trust, playing yeah. horn line, so. Uh, at least you played. Maybe. <laughs> <laughs> I was there, you played. <laughs> he played ping pong, he jumped on a ladder. You can't oh prove my it. god. Played accordion. <laughs> I can already tell, this, this is going to be a lot of fun. You know, you guys talk about the horn situation, um, the horn section. Give me a little bit of that breakdown of that horn section. Is it is it Becky? Are you Barry? Are you tenor? And is it is it Gary Alto? Is that kind of the the breakdown? You know, it's it's probably hard to build a, like a large ska band like this. I can think of a few other bands, uh, Charles Lee and the Mischief, that has like a, a horn section kind of revolving a little bit. So that I always like bands with like great horn sections. How did that kind of come about? And kind of give me the breakdown of like the Barry, the tenor, and all that kind of stuff. So I play baritone saxophone. Uh, Gary plays tenor saxophone. Both of us can play alto, um, but it's, you know, I think um, you did record some songs, Gary, on the last album on alto, right? Yeah. 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 So um, he yeah. owns one. I don't. <laughs> um, we have Brian who plays trombone, and then we have Aaron who plays trumpet. 
Um, but the way that the band has been even before I joined was um, just tenor saxophone, trombone, and trumpet. So you know, it's it's been cool to to grow a little bit. And you know, I joined the band when Bruce, our old uh, trumpet player, left the band. And I've been friends with Bruce for at least like the past twelve years now. So it was like, oh, okay, cool. Um, you know, one door closes, another opens. So, yeah. Um, but yeah, it's you know, it's cool. I play I play eleven instruments. So, I you know. Show off. Wow, I yeah. just drew up in that one. I will break out the flute right now. <laughs> oh, instruments, look at me, I'm Becky. In all fairness, yeah. we've been through about eleven different horn players before we got to our current lineup. Anyway, so that makes sense. Yeah, the horn players in our band I is was like um, all of them. It's like a like a marriage, right? So you just, yeah, a lot of divorce. There's a, there's an analogy I'm going to make here right now. So Becky was friends with Bruce and Bruce was like, you know what, I'm, I'm leaving this band. So Becky joined. It's like if Josh got divorced from his wife and I'm like, I'm just going to marry your wife now. It's kind of like that. That's no, oh, that analogy not working. Oh, that's, that's like the time you wrote a love song for my ex-girlfriend. <laughs> I know that I, I know that I've been there, man, been there. I know that's, <laughs> but you guys kind of strike me as um, like, I'm getting like, I'm, I'm a band kid, you know, marching band, all that kind of stuff. You guys strike me as a lot of band kids. What are you trying band. to say? No, I, yeah, I, totally. I, no, I did it. Like, I was a band kid. I was a band kid and a theater kid. Like if you want to paint a picture you know. of who is a theater kid, that's me. And who's a band kid. That's me. <laughs> like totally. Um, and I was the guy, actually, I was a guitar player for a long time. And we had a lot of guitar players in my school who were better than me. So I'm like, ah, I'll just go back to playing horns. And then usually a ska band is a bunch of people who play guitar and bass. and like, let's find some horn players. But me, I was like, the horn player is like, does anybody want to play in a ska band? We're up in your place. And everyone's like, no. We no, don't want to do that. No, we don't want to do that. So I had to trick all my friends and be like, it's not a ska band. We'll just play ska music. Um, yeah, we're we're definitely band kids, hands except down. Except Matt. I mean, you know, except for Matt. I mean, I personally, I mean, I did the whole band and drum corps experience. Um, drum corps was how I actually met Bruce. So he played trumpet. We were 16 marching like an all age drum corps with like a bunch of like old, crusty, like 40 year old guys. It was a little weird. Okay. Yeah, Gary's face says it all. You failed band? <laughs> yeah. Now look at me. <laughs> Wait, you've never heard this story, Gary? No, I didn't know you failed what? band, dude. That's yeah, like failing so, gym. <laughs> it, honestly, I probably would have failed gym too. But no. Uh, all you have to do is dress, man. You just got to change in front of people. That's all you got to do to pass gym. <laughs> my junior oh. year, we uh, to be in marching or to be in concert band, you had to be a marching band. To be a marching oh, band, damn, every day damn. after school, you had to go to practice. I had a job, couldn't do it. I ended up failing band for uh, about half the year. I feel like that is a that is a, something that should not be structured like that. It's really. Yeah. Poorly. You can't force people to do extracurricular activities. Like that's very strange. Yeah, but well, that made me learn sax and trumpet, and it's probably what got me. Well, show. look at you could go tell your band teacher now. You play in the uh, <laughs> look at me now. Listen to me. That's uh, being interviewed on a podcast. <laughs> in all fairness, our marching band was real good. We actually, while we were marching in competitive marching band, uh, we still had the music sheets on our instruments. <laughs> oh, that's lame, so bro. Good. Real lame. <laughs> I, I, loved, I loved being a band kid, though. That was so cool. I made so many friends, like lifelong friends. I've learned so many things. Uh, you know, I teach a drum line now that I, I pass on to the kids. It's really, really cool. Yeah. 
Yeah, rock. Yeah, you know the deal. I played. I played cymbals and bass drum. Oh, did you really? Hell yeah, battery. What up? That's awesome. That's so. <laughs> and I, um, can we address the elephant in the room? My cat behind me. No, no. Oh. There's an elephant in there. Talk about something. I'm gonna get real close and whisper this. As band kids, we know that what happens on the band bus stays <laughs> on that band bus. Band check. Weird shit happened on that band bus. Let me tell you. Oh boy. Band check. Get your jacket off your legs. Huh? <laughs> oh yeah. boy. Yeah, well, where I came from, you know, where I came from, like we just like again, I'm aging myself. We like sang songs and chanted stuff, but yeah, we did that too. But, oh yeah, that big booty song. You guys remember that big booty song? <laughs> big booty, no. big booty, 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 big booty. I think that's how it went. Becky, I know you know that song. I don't. <laughs> it's I from band, band. marching band. Marching band was always <laughs> for us. My my high school band experience was hanging out with the drumline kids. Yes. Even though I played, I played woodwind at first. So I played clarinet my first year, tenor saxophone my second and third year. Then I marched drum corps in between uh, my uh, my sophomore and junior years. And then after learning cymbals for drum corps, I was like, great, I'm going to go play bass drum now. But I always really looked up to the drumline kids, which I probably shouldn't have in retro. Well, because they were they were cool, you know, but like they were also kind of they were kind of (laughs) shitty. But um, darn darn drummers, uh, the drummers in my marching band were. Yeah, they were really cool. Yeah, they were the cool kids. But like, the we kids would just were like, like, yeah, we could just smash stuff. Yeah, like we would just like, I would sit, you know, in the back of the bus with the band with the drum line, and like they'd have their drum pads out, like, you know, like just chopping away. Um, but I just, they would always sing and play and like chop out to Bohemian Rhapsody, which I was like, what? Becky huh. went to the high school from the movie Drumline, apparently. Nick Cannon was there. <laughs> Nick was there. <laughs> yeah, they were throwing drumsticks around. That Guys, cool. I'm from East Brunswick, not Old Bridge. Bridge. That's <laughs> was... Old Bridge High School. Do they have a cool drum line? Yeah, they really do. I know. We had like one drummer. I was the only sax player in my marching band. It was bad, man. We had like 20 Chris kids. Chris Thatcher from Streetlight, which is Old Bridge High School. That Gary has had in his drumline. What's that now? Who the who? More Chris Thatcher. You guys are both talking over yourself. Becky's saying that the drummer from Streetlight is the drum teacher at Old Bridge. Josh is That's saying correct. that I should be the drummer in Backyard Superheroes. Okay, no. I am into that. <laughs> Not, no, you, no. Big booty, big booty, big booty. Big booty, big booty, big booty. Oh, I'm finding that shit on YouTube. Uh. But I, I kind of want, you know, not to be cliche here, but like, I kind of want to hear like the origin story of the band. Like, um, obviously, you know, I've known some people that have been in and out of the band over the years. You guys have been a staple of the local scene for quite some time now. Um, you know, I always make the comparison. Did a meteor hit the earth and the band was formed? Was there a toxic waste? <laughs> no, but you guys are the backyard superheroes. So I'm very interested to hear about the origin story of the band and um, some of the, you know, you don't have to get into the drama, but some of the different incarnations of, of filling these roles in the band. So, yeah, I'll leave this to the more tenured, the founding fathers of the band. <laughs> so I came from another ska punk band, Unbearable um, Slackers, where they wanted to go more on like the two-tone route, a little more you know dancing. I wanted the more pop punk side. So I, I, I started to uh, leave. I, I actually found a replacement for myself and then left. So I tried to do the cool thing. But then when I left, like half the band wanted to come over too for the pop punk stuff. So uh, Mark, our drummer, Greg, our bassist, who's still our bassist, and... My friend Matt wanted to start a band, so I'm like, all right, cool, we'll do it. And I ended up going to a Stone Pony showcase where Unbearable Slackers were playing, and I'm like, 
fuck, I really miss having horns. So I, I put up a posting online and like, you know, an hour later, Gary messaged me. That's where the story gets interesting. <laughs> boring as shit. So Let me we actually, tell you about when the band got great. And that's when I joined. <laughs> we actually have a original recording before we had horns of Chill Out, dude. And it's a really good thing we had horns because we were really bad. Um, Mark made it one show. But as for original founding members that are still in the band, we still got me, Greg, Matt, and Gary, which is kind of weird for a ska band after eight years. And they were yeah. trying to come up with a band name. And I threw out a lot of really good ones because I'm, I'm awesome. But then they came up with Backyard Superheroes. And I said, guys, that's a really bad name. But guess what okay. happened? That's still our band name. And they're no, like, there's... we're going to be like the Aquabats. We're going to wear costumes. And we're going to do <laughs> things. And I'm like, okay, cool. And the first show, we all wore costumes. And never since. Well, I always kind of wear shorts. But that's it. But that's the other thing is Gary showed up. We all showed up in like, you know, costumes. Gary showed up in a child's Robin outfit. <laughs> homemade. That was a homemade Robin costume. I wore that doesn't costume. make it better. It was cool. And that costume was badass. It doesn't fit me anymore, but that was badass. It didn't fit you then. Uh, Rob, I feel like you should put that graphic. It should float across the screen, me and a, and a little short thing. Not everyone to have viewers again. <laughs> hey, I got uh, nice legs. Why don't we tell listen, you, Backyard Superheroes was the original name, and then we left it and we came back to it. Uh, we had about a uh, two-week window where we were known as the Snowball Effect, and then we remembered that we've all seen Clerks. That's yeah, not good. And, uh, we decided that was a terrible name. Oh, so that's right. what happens on uh, marching band buses. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. And, well, I do, yeah, I, I think the name. I, I think Backyard Superheroes is, is phenomenal, and you guys are great. Um, you know, I'm I'm from like the Greater Asbury Park area, so I, I see a lot of the same. You know, I, I see a lot of bands that really have it. Um, I, I see a lot of like regurgitation as, as far as bands. Um, but you guys like really have always stood out to me like over the years. You guys just like having that ska sound. Um, do you guys, uh, you know, I almost want, I, I hate comparing bands to other bands because I, I feel like like yeah. bands don't like them. But do you guys get like a lot of like you, you guys have horns, so you sound like this band, or is that a compliment? Like, how do you guys feel about that? Uh, Scoochie from Hub City Stompers fame uh, once compared us to Mighty Mighty Boston's. And that is yeah. still the only thing I ever want to be compared to. <laughs> Scoochie is my yeah. saxophone idol in life. But we get compared a lot to, like, um, Bachman Turner Overdrive, um, <laughs> Electric, <laughs> Light, Electric Light Orchestra, um, Ted Nugent's <laughs> early work. That's that's how I like to think of us as a band. JT once made fun of us and said that we were basically less than Jake. Well, I was waiting for you to say it. That's, what I, was like. that's why I didn't want to be like, you guys. But you guys are great. Like, you, you guys are on that level, I would say, for sure. You guys have all that talent. And, um, you know, we talk about, like, the, you know, not the rotating members, but, you know, over time, as this happens with every band I've ever been in, uh, some, some ways harsher than others, like, they've, they've come to a sudden end, or members leave, or you don't know what's going on behind the scenes, all that kind of stuff. Um, you know, Becky, I feel like you add a lot to the band, you know, just kind of having that extra vocal, you know, even doing leads sometimes, or those harmonies, I feel like sometimes bands just don't get the harmonies right. And that was another thing that stood out for me, is, like, you get the harmonies very good. Talk a little bit about, like... Um, you know, matching up the vocals and all that kind of stuff. Yeah, it's weird because, like, I've never played in a band before. Um, this is my first, yeah. like, punk band. I've done plenty of open mics, you know, playing ukulele and, you know, chilling and just kind of, I can hang, you know. Um, but, yeah, I mean, I'm classically trained, so it's one of those things where, for me, I'm like, okay, harmonies, cool, no problem, you know. And, like, the whole basis, I started a degree in music education, Um you know, so like I, I 
still took a little bit of between like the woodwind lessons and, you know, and wanting to learn a little bit more about, you know, everything pretty much and just still applying that as, as a punk, if you will, you know, in a band environment. Um, but yeah, I mean, it's just, it's cool because I just, I never envisioned myself like being in, you know, a ska punk band at any point. I mean, I've always wanted to be, but it's like, eh, yeah. can I pull it off? You know? So yeah, but, uh, I was joking. Yeah, like, we... oh, I was just gonna say, like, thirteen-year-old me would be freaking out at all the shit that we've accomplished. Same. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> and, definitely, you know, I, definitely same. I've said this to Bex in the past. And I've said to you know Aaron and Kyle, but like you know, like every band, you know, everyone goes through ups and downs, and you know how you make it out of it's a whole another story. But you know, Bruce leaving, Bruce added a lot to the band. He did all the harmonies. He did a lot of the you know jokes and stuff on stage wow. uh, when Gary was off stage. <laughs> and uh you know it's it's a it's big shoes to fill when you're you know coming from something like that to someone who realistically hasn't been to band before but you know beck's adding the harmonies adding you know the the constant talking and you know all that stuff between the songs and we brought erin in on trumpet you know she's phenomenal um mm. and then we brought kyle in and you know kyle's personality kind of just speaks for it you, know, you can see him in the music video for most of all that's how he is 99 percent of the time he is the happiest most positive person I think I've ever met. And it really, like, it brings a whole new form of character to the band to have, you know, these differing personalities that, realistically, you know, we've probably passed each other at shows year after year, you know, at multiple shows. I know, you know, Bex and Brian were actually kind of fans of the band before joining, which yeah. is kind of fun. <laughs> um, but, like, overall, you know, all the sounds that we've had, all the different members we've had, it all kind of contributed to the sound that we finally figured out as ours. And I'm loving how it is now. You know, we had Aaron do some harmonies as well on our Christmas EP. And, you know, Kyle's super talented. He's brought a ton of songs. And I, I, I'm i looking forward to the next album if we're ever allowed to, you know, see each other again. Because we have a bunch of stuff ready to go. <laughs> That's awesome. That's so good to hear. All right. So now's the part of the show where we knock all the other past members of the band. No, I'm just kidding. We're not going to do that. <laughs> oh, um, let's, let's go. <laughs> we don't want to do roast? that. No, oh, I love a roast. no, Gary's not roasting anymore. <laughs> Gary roasted me on stage on my birthday once. It was a good times. Totally it, it got real dark. Got real dark, guys. Up real quick. I think. Uh, how about instead of that? How about we take a listen to uh, the new single? Um, you know, guys, I really enjoyed it. How you guys put it together with all the different videos. You know, even though you guys were apart, you were still together. Oh my, my heart just skipped the beat right there. Um, it, it's really good. It's great track. So right now, ladies and gentlemen, let's listen to it. Most of all, by Backyard Superheroes. I miss the crowds, I miss the stage, I want to scream it all the way. If truth be told, it's getting old, take it day by day. I miss the noise, I miss the drive, can't wait for this to end. Yeah, most of all, I miss my fucking
That was most of all, guys. Like I said, Ooh. I really, really dig the track. It's awesome. Uh, there was a Muppet appearance uh, during that track. We'll talk about that later. Gary knows nothing about that. Um, guys, I want to talk a little bit about the writing process. Uh, I guess, Josh, I'll throw this to you first. I love asking these questions to artists. Now, I'm a drummer. I'm a little bit more mechanical, a little bit more rhythm section. Even though I play with a lot of passion and dynamics, it's it usually very hard for me to, like, you know, decode lyrics or get messages behind songs. Does your writing come from a lot of real life? Now, you guys are a fun band, you know, very upbeat. Does it come from a lot of real life stuff, though? Does it come from, uh, you know, I've talked to artists that have like a fantasy land or they have stuff that happens in dreams. Where does the writing come from? So some songs have meaning. You know, one of the first songs I wrote that we never play live, uh, Small Fry. It's not a great song by any means, but it actually had like a lot of me. I had a friend when I was growing up. Uh, who passed away, and we used to call him a small fry. So, like, it was about him. Uh, chill out, dude, I wrote while I was in a meeting. Uh, my first day, first week on the job, in front of my CEO, I was sitting there pretending to take notes, but I was actually writing lyrics and looking at cars driving by. <laughs> um, you know, stuff like Face It, it's all about, you know, anyone who's ever worked in a job where they have to commute, that, jo that literally the entire song is about, you know, ah, I could be late today, that's fine. Um, working from home, I'm still late every day, by the way. Uh, most yeah. of all, I mean, that, that was pretty self-explanatory. Um, you know, I, was, I just literally couldn't sleep one night and I started like, man, I really just miss, you know, people, you know, I'm, I'm way too extroverted to be stuck sitting home. You know, the most interaction I have is with video chats. Um, uh, but then there's other songs like, uh, am I cool yet? Which was kind of just a joke song that, uh, for some reason took off pop punk fairy tale. The first time I wrote it, I came to practice. I had a whole chorus ready. And I said, pop punk fairy tale. And at once, all the horn players went, pop punk fairy tale, like little girls. And I scrapped the whole chorus. I was like, shit, if it worked for them, it'll work for anybody. <laughs> um, That's we had songs like No yeah. Doubt, which literally, if you try listening to the lyrics in No Doubt and you find a meeting, um, you've got to be on something. I wrote that song. I'm pretty sure I wrote it. I, I wrote the last line in every, uh, every, or the last word in every line to rhyme. And then I built the song around it. That song literally means nothing. <laughs> Is that I, I don't know how else to explain that. <laughs> um, That's crazy. Yeah. No, I, go ahead. Yeah. No, and, and some, I mean, I, I do a, a decent bit of the writing, but I mean, Gary's come up with a bunch of stuff. You know, She's Gotta Go, Arcade Girl. That all came from Gary. Um, you know, Bex comes up with a bunch of stuff. Bruce has helped with horn lines. <laughs> no, but um, as for like new members, you know, it, it's a lot of kind of collaborating. A lot of times I'll bring an idea, you know, a chorus to practice I'll, we'll build a horn line around that and then i'll be able to kind of figure out where i want to go with the rest of the song that's no that's super interesting to me and we you know we did talk about like the recording process and the writing process just now a little bit but like how how do you bring songs to the table is it hey i have these lyrics let's come up with a riff or is it like i have a riff and these lyrics um you know you got, you were saying like gary writes some stuff becky writes some stuff like how does it how does it all start what's the starting point or is it different for every song usually it's me i'll, I'll send either a riff or lyrics Sometimes both if I'm feeling, you know, uppity. But usually it's me sending them stuff and be like, what do you guys think of this? And like two minutes later, they like, hold on, I changed it. Here's a new version of it. And after about 10 minutes, they'll know that they could probably listen to the newest version, which is usually four or five it takes in. Um, but yeah, it's usually one or the other. Sometimes if I have like an idea for lyrics, I'll send it to them. Just be like, do you guys have anything I could build off this with? Or do you have any ideas for it? Like, do you have any lyrics I could build off? Um, because, you know, luckily with working from home, you know, I have a bunch of guitars there. I have a keyboard, I have a drum kit. 
now I have an interface that we can start doing some actual recordings. So it's it's very collaborative, uh, kind of at all points. That's cool. You guys have that uh, that band love, that that chemistry. And um, you guys, I really, you know, I reached out to Gary about this, but I love, 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 um, obviously the sound, but the album art is fantastic. Uh, I think I reached out to the person who did it because, I, you know, I want to uh, work with her for some of my projects coming up. Uh, retro Game Stream, watch out. It's going to be awesome. Shameless promo. <laughs> but uh, more importantly, do you, I mean, where did you guys kind of get the, the concepts? Was that all you or you just sent it to her? And talk a little bit about embracing what I love so much, kind of that nerd culture in, in a lot of your stuff. So I don't know where the T-Rex came from, to be honest. It was, I think we just needed a mascot. And we were like, how about a T-Rex? And we named him Jeff, just in case you ever have a trivia night. Oh, yeah. uh, but the rest was all Gary, so I'll let him talk about it. Yeah, I always talk that, like, having a, a T-Rex right there. Like, Hello, T-Rex. Oh, yes. Jeff over here, too. Um, yes. Having, like, a band like, mascot or logo is kind of a cool thing. And I don't know, I just like that really pop, poppy comic book style. I think it fits our personalities. And uh, usually I just come up with an idea. I'm like, oh, it'd look like if a T-Rex was eating me or a T-Rex was <laughs> driving a Vespa or something like that. So we, that's kind of how uh, the artwork comes. But it's, yeah, it's really great artwork. And our friend Kat does, I'd say 90% of all the artwork that we've had. Um, she does an awesome job and it's, it's really cool. I have a bunch of our, her artwork all over my house too. She does personal stuff. Very good. T-Rex kind of looks like me, so it's weird. I'm like, oh, I'm a I'm a cartoon T-Rex now, so you know. It's... Yeah, the T-Rex is absolutely you. There's no <laughs> question about it. <laughs> Which makes it really weird for the Christmas album, where it's Gary and a T-Rex putting up the star. I'm like, yeah. In my <laughs> mind, there's a story. There's a, so I don't think I've ever told anybody this. There's a story of the T-Rex and me, right? So if you look at the album cover for one of our albums, Let's Get Dangerous, I'm about to be eaten by the T-Rex. I like to think that the T-Rex ate me and then I, we became one <laughs> and so now that's why the t-rex dresses like me and acts like me and on the christmas album he i guess regurgitated me and then we were celebrating christmas together we're in pretty good shape after all that yeah i just made that up but maybe that's who knows <laughs> i always like like bombastic artwork on albums my favorite band is kiss and every one of their cool albums in like the 70s is like they're fire and there's naked chicks and stuff and i'm like That'd be really cool if I was on fire and there was naked chicks, but we don't have that. Josh, everything is blurry that you're showing. Yeah, I gotta figure like out how to porn oh, on wait, your screen. Well, there you go. There, I just gotta put it up on my face. There you go. It looks yeah. like you're trying to show us porn because it's all blurry. Look at this. Look at these boobs. I'll hide Gary. Does it work? No. <laughs> I can't see. I don't know what's happening. I can't see you, Josh, but uh, that's all right. Hey, let, me, let me turn off this freaking blur effect. He's trying to be cool. He's kind of be like, look, my camera has a blur on it. No one. No, I just had weird people behind me. I didn't want them to be on. You had weird people? Wow. Well, there was the air conditioning repairman. He had that bokey effect yeah. going on. You should have invited them to the podcast and yeah. thought, told us what they thought about our band. It was pretty cool. <laughs> anyway, this is what I was um, trying to show I, uh, Did I get to tell you guys my uh, my T-Rex joke, by the way? Go ahead. Please do. Why couldn't, why couldn't the uh, T-Rex reach the top shelf? Why? Not answering this one. I know the answer. Oh, you do? Okay. Well, it like it doesn't. Never. It doesn't like really work. You know, you're supposed to say. <laughs> That's why I'm, I'm, I say why? Because he, he has short. No, because he's extinct and uh, yeah. womp womp. All right. I don't have my drum set. Womp womp womp. I like that. I like that. I'll stick. I'll stick I to the drums, it. guys. Try, try the veal. Um. Gary's so let's talk. Jokes now. Yeah. <laughs> exactly. 
let's talk a little bit about um you guys collaborating with a lot of other artists. You know, I was going through the catalog of that, um, you know, on YouTube and stuff like that, downloading the stuff from Bandcamp. Like, where did you guys get the ideas to do that? Or you guys just have a lot of musician friends? Is that something you make a priority? <laughs> I think we're lazy and we don't want to write full songs, so we find other people who can play on those songs. And you know, like, hey, you have more talent than us. Come on our song and make it better. Guys, they want to want to write a bridge. No, I wonder if Lars is around. Oh uh, yeah, who's available that we can uh, bribe into performing on our song with our charm? Um, oh, oh I, I, okay. Let's bring Dave. Let's see if he wants to rap on us. Yeah, who's, who's our friends that are better than us at things? <laughs> or if someone has a big name, we'll put them on something like Adam Birch from uh, was he the Toasters? He played trumpet mm -hmm. on one of our songs for like a thirty second solo. You know, it's not that big. It's only nine letters. Well, um, and you and you guys, <laughs> I missed something. And you guys had um, what someone from Big D and the Kids Table at one of your shows, right? Or come on stage? Yeah, yeah we play with uh, with Big D and the Kids Table a lot. So we've we've built a rapport with Dave McWayne, which is awesome. He likes to jump on stage during knowledge. And, uh, yeah, that was the first time us. we did that. We didn't know if it was actually going to happen. Uh, there's actually a story. We were playing skate and surf our third year, I think. Third. Yeah, that was when uh, our stage had no power for the first half hour of the festival. And then they finally <laughs> put us on. And we were hitting around a balloon. And Dave McWayne said that he would do his best to get on stage with us for knowledge. And about... Five seconds before the song, you know, before the strumming started, he was running through the crowd to get on stage. And he looks at me, he goes, now? <laughs> I was like, yeah, I just jumped up. And uh, as he came up, the rest of the band didn't realize he was coming. So you see, if you actually watch um, our old trombone player, Lou, at one point in the song, you see him turn to uh, either Gary or Bruce, and he just goes, this is fucking awesome. Yeah. <laughs> it's cool. That's so cool. Um. So this is where we get a little bit like real on the show. Like, you know, a lot of bands keep it politically correct. A lot of bands are straight shooters. You guys, you know, take it wherever you want. Um, oh, boy. We got to talk about that. <laughs> oh, boy. Oh, no. You know, uh, you know, you don't have to name names. I mean, take, but honestly, take it wherever you want. We've, Let's I've see if we have to names. skip this section. You say the word. Well, here's the story. Let's, uh, Let's say we're not in this COVID world right now, like hypothetically, and you know, let's oh, all mean, hope and pray so we'll soon and this thing's great. eradicated. Um, but so let's pretend that's not part of the equation right now. Um, your guys' thoughts on essentially this Jersey local rock scene, um, some of the promotions, um, working with promoters, uh, the pay to play, all that. I, I always like to get everyone's feedback on that. I know I have my own feelings on a lot of it. Um, take it away. I'll, I'll go and then I'll let you guys talk. <laughs> pay to play is kind of bullshit. Oh man, kind of, kind of. Gary, go. I was just gonna say, Jersey is a really good scene. There's like one really, really good band, and um, Backyard Superheroes. You might have heard of them. They're very, very good. It's <laughs> a bunch of bands that are really chumps, and they don't really, you know, they suck. <laughs> and uh, you should just come see us. That's it. That's all I got. You guys talk about real things. I don't know. Yeah, I mean, I yeah, even yeah. bought a shirt oh, for the best band in New Jersey. Uh, it's a special edition. <laughs> Josh, talk about pay to play. Becky, talk about Becky's the voice, like the voice of reason sometimes in the band. When I go off the rails, Someone's Becky like wheels, do it. wheels me back in. Me more than anything, because I've also seen Becky go off the rails. Oh yeah, no, everybody's seen me go off the rails because that's the thing. Like, you know, I've I've got a fire. It's somewhere down there. But you should put that I've, fire I've, out. You live in an apartment. That's dangerous. I don't have a fire extinguisher. Is that's that also dangerous. That's terrible. Talk about that. 
Becky. You should have a fire extinguisher. Becky's off the uh, <laughs> No, but um, no, I think I think we're really lucky, and you know, there's a lot of grit in New Jersey, which I mean, as you know, being local too. I mean, there's there's so much cool grit that it's like you don't understand unless you're from here. I feel like. Um, you know, like I have a lot of friends who are heavily involved in the Long Island music scene too. And it's just, it's not the same. There's just, it's like, there's something missing. I don't know if it's like, you know, the, the camaraderie that's different. I mean, and that's the thing too with music scenes is that, you know, a lot of, a lot of scenes, everybody tries to work together. But I don't know. There's just something really unique about the New Jersey music scene, especially with the ska scene too. I mean, we have, we have a lot of friends that we, you know, that we, I mean, but that's the thing. Like, we always think about the bands who are like, okay, who would like to play this local show with us? You know, and it's like, we've got a solid list of like four or five bands that, you know, that we can always rely on to be like, yo, you want to come out and like, you know, just have a really awesome time. Like, egos out of the way. I mean, not even out of the way. They just don't exist, you know, with with the people that, you know, that we're close with, Um, you know. It's not a, yeah, and, like, we never want to make it a competition because that just takes the fun out of it, you know? So it's, like, you know, just have a good time, show up, support one another, you know, buy each other's merch even though we won't let anybody else pay for it. But, like, <laughs> you know, like, that's the thing. Like, we just, we I don't just know have a good time. About. I don't know. We want to be the best at everything. No band could be better than <laughs> that. That's my goal every day. You can still be good and be humble and, you know, and be friendly, you know, because that's the thing, like nobody and like nobody likes a standoffish band in the scene, especially about a scene that's so like centered around unity and acceptance, you know, and, you know, and just having fun that takes the fun out of it. So, you know, if anything, like not that there ever needed to be a catalyst, but like we just I feel like we personify that pretty well and we hope to, you know, to radiate that and let that shine. You know, especially in, in this scene, there's like a, I don't know, it's this weird gatekeeper mentality sometimes where it's like, if you don't play the type of ska that we like, you're not cool. Or if you, you're not ska, or you're not ska, or you play um, 90s type of ska, you're not cool. Or, you know, you're not in our clique, you're not cool. It's so weird for such a small, like insignificant part of the music scene, that 99% of the population of the world probably doesn't even know exists um it's very like there's a lot of biting we've we've been helping you know not helping we just want to be a union of friends that's all we want to be we are a union of bands no we've you know for years you know we've been going on about eight years now um we've seen a lot of ska bands come and go a lot of bands in general come and go we used to throw our own shows i think we broke gary (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> used to, like for example, we used to. Uh, our friend Keith had a huge backyard and how we used to run something. We called it the backyard campout because it was literally in his backyard. We decided it would be cool if people camped out. And we had music, so the first one we did it was just kind of like a two day thing, and it kind of like we only did three ever. And by the second one, we had twenty four bands. Bands were coming from all over the country. We had bands that were coming down from New Hampshire. Some that excuse me came up from like the Carolinas or Georgia. Some that weren't even playing; they were just coming to see this event, and it was it was like a, a like a local Woodstock. Like there was a lot of drugs, probably, probably. Well, it was like local legends, but Monmouth County yeah. edition. With local legends without the permits. None of this. Yeah. Like Woodstock '99. We were like the Limp Biscuit of of, <laughs> of <laughs> it. And no one was there. 
Wood <laughs> Scott. Oh, it's like it's like the ska pun, Wood Scott. That's why we don't let Gary come up oh with names God. anymore. Wood Scott. <laughs> very biting. Canceling. I'm very biting. There's so many bands, <laughs> so many bands out there that like we absolutely love. You know, we always joke. Uh, you know, Joker's Republic is one of our favorite bands that we you know bring on any show we can with us. They're like our little brother band. You know. They, that's legitimately what they are, too, with all of us. I mean, you know, Austin is, you know, he's done a really awesome job of, you know, preserving the scene and really just keeping the scene a positive, cool place. Um, him and his dad do a lot for New Jersey Ska. So, you know, so he's pretty much like a little brother, you know, to a lot of us, which is cool. I don't I don't have brothers. I don't know what that's like. <laughs> he, actually, he actually is my little brother. I'm revealing that right now. Is he? I have so many questions. I'm, How does yeah, that work? I feel like um feel like I need to share this information with you guys. You know, we are a, a union of friends here and uh, I need to share that information. It's um it's it's interesting though. I, I think Bob is trying to reel it in. <laughs> Hey, man, I'm the straight man. You know, I got to keep it flowing, man. But, uh, no, I really do appreciate what you guys said. Like, I think Becky knocked it absolutely out of the park, like, with what you said, um, you know, about, like, I've actually had bands from Long Island come on and, you know, say, like, they love playing down here, where, as I talk to artists down here, and they're like, it's oversaturated. So you got to kind of look at it from both perspectives, you know. Uh, and right now, I think we know better than anyone. You don't know what you have until it's gone, uh, especially these past three months, everything going on with COVID right now. So That's it's even- super crazy. And, and Gary, you used the word click, like clicky. I mean, uh, we see that a lot in, in this scene and it's unfortunate. Um, you know, I, I think we all need to kind of stick together and help each other. That's that's what we do here on the podcast. I've made so many connections and friends uh, and sponsorships, and it's all just from working together. You know, the photographers, the promoters, the bands, like everyone look out for each other. And if you are a promoter, don't take advantage of these young kids bands. That's what mm-hmm. I don't like. You know, I was when I was 16 and I started playing in bands. It was so fun. And, you know, we go play at an Asbury venue and everyone would all go because that's what you were doing on that Friday night. And then everyone would all get pizza afterwards. It's a different time now, but, you know, just... Yeah, uh, not, every- I, I, I know what you talk about. I grew up in that scene, too, and it's not really like yeah. that, unfortunately, sometimes, especially with us. When we first started um, started playing shows, it was a lot of, like, maybe my grandma wants to come. Hey, grandma, you want to buy three tickets for this show <laughs> where we're playing on a Sunday afternoon with yep. nobody? My family hasn't come since our first show. Yeah, I think my parents saw me once. It might have been, like, our second show. But it, it was a lot of that, like... You know, maybe if 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 we buy twenty tickets, then we only have to sell five tickets ourselves. You know, so that's not bad, and that's just a crappy way to do business, right? It's just so we never actually did the whole pay to play thing. The only shows uh, per year that we ever sell tickets that like we have to sell a minimum to play is Starland, and that's because first off, they've yeah. been very good to us over years. And second yeah. off, we've never left there without making a lot of money. Yes, we've had our set cut, but usually it's not our fault. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> But, like, you know, it, it's cool to be invited back for something like that. Yeah, selling tickets sucks. But, I mean, last year, they wanted to sell 100 tickets. We sold 100 tickets in four days. <laughs> yeah. Really? Yeah, the crew at Starland, sold- yeah, the yeah, crew at right. Starland is always really good to us. They work really, really hard, um, you know, to put on the good shows. And, you know, and the, the girls behind the scenes there are freaking awesome. Um, Shout out Maria Moore. Yeah. Hell Yeah. <laughs> Between yeah. Maria, Nina, who else? Aaron. Um, it was actually, it was really cool. I went to go pick up our second batch of tickets for the last Thanksgiving. <laughs> because as Josh mentioned, we sold 100 in like four days. <laughs> 
which was awesome. Yeah. Uh, well, they were like, because we were like, oh, like, can we get more tickets? And they're like, uh, we have to check with band management. So I think they had to check with Goldfinger's um, crew to be like, hey, can you, you know, are we fine with releasing more tickets? Um, fortunately, you know, they allowed us to get like what the extra 50 tickets or whatever it was. Oh, we but, sold um, 250 in the end. Oh, that's right. Oh, my <laughs> gosh. I like, but that's the thing proof that, you know, I mean, they were just going so fast that it was like, holy shnikes, like, but I went there because that's, because that's my hometown, that's my hometown venue, you know, growing up like 10 minutes from there, even, even after I moved, I still live like 10 minutes from there. So it's, you know, it's one of those things where it's like, I went, I was hanging out in like the kitchen, you know, in the laundry area where like Taking Back Sunday does their laundry every single year, like, you know, but you know, just, just talking and hanging out with everybody. I'm like, you know, you guys are awesome, you know. Um, you know, I think there's a lot of criticism because of the fact that they are, you know, they're an access venue, you know, they're part of the Bowery family of venues. But, like, they still, they embrace, like, the hometown culture a lot, which is really, really cool. You know, yeah. there's a lot of heart and soul in that venue. I really, I, I want to shout out, you, Bob, you might know their names, the security guards are always super cool to us. Oh, my gosh, <laughs> yes. He's my favorite person. Like, it's, it, I think if we could pat ourselves on the back for a little bit, it says a lot to us that that guy's heard probably 10,000 <laughs> shitty bands in his life. And he always wants, he always shouts us out or is like, hey, happy, good to see you. And it's like, I can't wait till you guys play. And he protects my life a lot. He's always picking me up oh, from yeah. the air or dragging yes, me out of the um, So there, it's rad. And, and like Becky said, that's, that's a venue we grew up going to. And I was like, man, one day I want to play there. And now we played there like 20 times. And I'm like, Throwing ballroom, yeah, I'll, I'll show up right before time. <laughs> it, but it is really cool. It's 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 a for Jersey people. That's just like that's the 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 mecca more than more so almost than the Stone Pony. I would say I don't I don't know yeah, why I feel that way. These days um, I agree. Um, just because I mean we played the Stone Pony dozens of times at this point, and we've had mixed reactions. You know we've always had good crowds there. Um, you know the, the staff there overall are great, but we've had situations where you know they'll ask us to play a show on a Monday. For like the show is that coming Saturday? They're like, we need you to sell fifty tickets. We're not going to give you free parking, and uh, if you don't sell, you're not playing. I'm like, why would we take that? Yeah. <laughs> so like, it, it's just tough, you know. There, there's some good venues out there that'll work with musicians. I love places like the Brighton Bar. You know, we've we've definitely set up a lot of shows there. House of Independence, one of my new favorite places. Um, That's, a rad thing, there. Man. That's a rad thing. All the time uh, for these massive shows that. Frankly, you know, if I go back to 13-year-old me, we don't deserve this shit. You know, I don't know how we got this far. <laughs> I know we've worked our asses off. We're, we're relatively good at networking. We pretend that we like people, even Gary. And it's gotten us this far. But, like, it's still we like weird to people. think, like, there's bands that want to open for us. And that's a weird concept to me. Because, <laughs> like, there's, I don't um, even want to listen to us. <laughs> there's a band that we play with a lot. And uh, I'm not going to say who they are. Um, but they came up to me one day at a show and they said, hey man, you really influenced us. We grew up listening to you. And I'm like, that's the weirdest shit anyone has ever said <laughs> to me in my life. <laughs> like, you grew up listening to my band? Like, how old, how old are you? <laughs> yeah, like, how, what, that is weird, but it was cool. It was a really cool compliment. And um, yeah, that band is um, the Gaslight Anthem. It's pretty cool. They're, uh, <laughs> they're gonna make it. They're they used from to turn Bouncing Souls, it was great. Yeah, it was really, really neat, and I was stoked to. I was like, Brian, yeah, man, like anytime you want any pointers, I got you. No, but there, there's so many local bands out there. I mean, I mean, just throwing out one more, just because I literally was talking to them earlier this week. But all the guys and and 
you know, Casey and the Schwam. Um, you know, they're tie-dye shirts. We always joke that me and Brandon are basically the same person. He just wears more tie-dye are. than I do. And uh, he's a better guitarist and singer and overall person. So, I mean, it's close. <laughs> but I, lo- I love those guys. Like, the whole music scene, you know, I Defy Fat Chance. Even, you know, folks like Public Serpents that, you know, even if we don't have the same style of music as them, we will be on shows together for the, you know, the foreseeable future until we're not doing shows anymore. Because, you know, we're we're loyal. It's, it's a scene. too, man. There's just, uh, there is, like I talked about Clicky. I think that's still a minority of the ska scene. There's a lot of really good ska bands that support each other. Um, you know, we're big fr- fans and friends with some of the California bands. Uh, I love the band Half Past Two. It's a big favorite band on the planet. Um, there's a lot of bands uh, like at Affiliate Catbite, who's really good. Um, we Are the Union, Kill Lincoln. Those guys are always doing good stuff. And then, um, uh, what's my other favorite band? Hooray for our side from, from, uh, Mighty Bambi. Mighty Bambi. <laughs> Bambi. Yeah, there's so yeah. many good, and like I could, those are just the, the, the ones that people might know. I, I could name like a thousand bands in the country are just like, and they've all been on the What Do You Know About Scott Punk compilation CDs. Truth, <laughs> truth. You could find some of the best, you know, local music just by going and listening to those. I mean, I had the first CD when it first came out, there was like 80 bands. I probably listened to that thing on repeat for like two summers in a row. You know what, like, is the best place, too, to find really, like, just good ska music is on Bandcamp. Um, like, when I first discovered Bandcamp, maybe, like, 10 years ago, I just found the ska hashtag and just would download literally everything on there. And you just find so many awesome, awesome bands on there. And you just research them. Um, I have this weird thing that I do every night where I just search the word ska on iTunes and whatever comes up, I'm like, add in that, add in that, add in that. Literally, my Apple Music is just bands that, that are just called the Skatachu Wounds or the the ska, the Aska, Ascots, and it's a man. Yeah, Vinny of Scotty. Like really bad ska puns. I'm like, this is my life right now. I love it. I love it. I mean, they're, yeah, I don't know. Oh, Aska. We have our own group chat, and like 90% of the time, it'll be quiet, and then you'll just be like, yo, guys, you got to check out this band. <laughs> and it's just like, it could be a band from like 15 years ago that no, you know put out one song, and it was a really good song. Yo, no lie. Go find the American Pie soundtrack and find <laughs> the band The Loose Nuts and the song called Wishin, W-I-S-H-E-N by The Loose Nuts. That's top five Scott songs ever written. Dude, do it. Bob, if you don't do it, I'm going to message you later. I'm like, you listen to the song? It's on the American Pie soundtrack. Do it. Fuck if it's fine. Bro, I have uh, the American Pie 2 soundtrack, I believe. I think I have that one. I don't have the first I think one. That was the one that had the uh, Sum 41 was on there, right? Or was that the first? Uh, the Blink song opened the movie, I think. Yeah, damn it. Um, yeah. yeah. I remember. Dude, no, I remember. I remember I'm telling you. Yeah. Um, but yeah, guys. Uh, so I will. I will check that out. Remind me, Gary. I totally will. Um, yeah, real sure. quick, are you guys all New Jersey born and raised? We raised. Are. Yeah. Uh, here's 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 this is why everyone tuned in. Uh, if if you are vegetarian or vegan, you can totally um, pass on this one. Pork roll or Taylor ham? Pork roll. Pork roll. Yeah, pork roll totally. We're not I I was gonna, I was literally <laughs> gonna kick you guys off if anyone said Taylor ham. I was just gonna no. I'm just. We have, so, we have a joke about that on our, our Christmas album. We have a joke about that, actually. We did, really? yeah, and a lot yeah. of people didn't understand it. Yeah, if you listen to the intro to uh, Cole in My Stocking from the Christmas okay. EP, uh, yeah. Gary and I have a little exchange about that. And I remember, I think it was like one of the first reviews of the Christmas EP. 
Um, the person who wrote the review, I don't know if he was from if he's from Colorado or the Midwest, but he was like, "Yeah, I don't really understand." <laughs> he's like, "It takes up a good portion of the song for a joke that anyone outside of Jersey won't get." I was like, "Yeah, we don't care." <laughs> yeah, nice wow, joke. That, that really must be one person you if you remember that. It's true. What's the name of the track again? Coal oh, in my, my stocking. stocking from the Christmas EP. Okay. So, yeah. Real quick. I'll download it just for the pork roll reference. Um, but that's awesome. Also, I do, if you guys do put out a new album or new music, I do do reviews. Uh, shameless promo on thepopbreak.com. Senior editor. I uh, love supporting you guys. So send the new music my way. Uh, also, I love getting the music early, just saying. So, uh, you know, send send some stuff my way oh, for sure. More, more importantly, though, than pork roll, guys, uh, I think New Jersey, New York, and some parts of Chicago have the best pizza in the world. Everywhere else, not so great. Although I hear New Haven has very good pizza. Never tried it. Uh, best pizza spot in New Jersey. Okay. Let's see. I feel like we need a while for this. Everybody, everyone gets their time, okay? Um, okay, so I'll, I'll give you three of my favorites. My top three. So growing oh. up in East Brunswick, I really loved Frank's Pizza in the Mid-State Mall by the Best Buy. Um, I live right off of Exit 120 off the parkway now, so... Uh, my two go-tos are Dibari's um, and Corbo and Sons at the Bellworks complex. I also work in Bellworks. So, I mean, rest in peace having an office right now. Um, <laughs> but the pizza, pizza day every Thursday at my job, just so good. Really? Okay, oh. I've never tried those places. We're, I'm going to have to make a list, though. I love it. All right, how about I you, got gentlemen? You. Okay. Yeah. Doc, you want to go? I'll go last. All right. I just like pizza, so I'm I'm pretty easy. Uh, that being said, we did play a pizza and beer party once in Pennsylvania that made me never want to go back to Pennsylvania. Tomato pie is not a fucking Yo, thing. what is that? That's just sauce on bread. That ain't good. It wasn't sauce, it was tomato paste on uncooked bread. It was oh. disgusting. Anyway. Um. My wife's still mad at me for that. But no, I I live down by like exit eighty, so the Tom's River area, I'm you know, they're pointing them near seaside. I can eat pizza at the any shore along that whole section and i'll be happy um i think new jersey has better pizza than new york i like chicago's yeah. thin crust i did not like their deep dud, deep dish i think it's like eating cake i agree um we like, did play it's in like a castle yeah it, it's gross it's like eat, no it's too much yeah. i i want to be able to eat multiple slices <laughs> <laughs> but no the uh, we played at a place when we went on our second okay. tour in lombard illinois and they gave us thin crust pizza, and that was the first time I had like real non-Domino's thin crust pizza, and it was it was awesome. It was like eating crackers, but it was really good. But nah, it's Jersey. Let me talk about pizza real quick. All right, first of all, Chicago's good for one thing, and it's hot dogs, and that's it. Chicago pizza sucks, but their hot we dogs the, are excellent. We went on the bike tour, we ate the hot dogs. Yeah, we took a bike tour in Chicago, and I ate like eighteen hot dogs in an hour. <laughs> that's like before we played a show. It was good times. Here's the top five pizza places in New Jersey. <laughs> oh, we also did it for skydiving. <laughs> top five pizza places. Oh. Now, coming at number five is a place that I've recently discovered near my job called Cranberry Pizza in Cranberry, New Jersey. It burned down over the weekend, so that sucks. Oh, no. But um, anyway, Cranberry Pizza, it's excellent. Number four, with a bullet, Demola's Pizza in the town I grew up in. Very, very good in North Plainfield, New Jersey. It's I really like it, but that's because it's my hometown pizza, you know? Number three, I don't have a number three. Number two, I also don't have a number two. But number, oh wait, I do, I do. 
Yes, and number two is Federici's and Freehold. Oh, pizza yes. Very thin so crust. I, I hear that a lot. I get that one a lot. Okay. I live in, I live in three, Freehold now, and it's, it's awesome. Okay, before I reveal my number one choice, I'm going to tell you the worst pizza I've ever eaten. <laughs> Tomato pie? It was at Pete and Elvis when we did the Pete and Elvis pizza eating. Oh, you're Josh was there. <laughs> and I, I don't want to say it was the worst. That, that's actually wrong to say. It, wasn't the it was wickedly overrated pizza. Like, I'm like, no, this is not good. Wow. And I, I ate, did the pizza challenge. I ate the whole pizza. Josh was there. He watched me do it. There's an um, asterisk there at the end. <laughs> I, there was one piece of crust that I didn't eat, okay? Suck it. But the number one pizza place in the entire state of New Jersey is in Little Falls, New Jersey, which is up in the northern section of New Jersey. I used to work in Totowa. And I don't remember what this, this place of, the name of this place is. That's because it's good. Good places don't need names. They're just like, yo, we're pizza. You know what we are. Here's how you know it's good. I prepared the speech. One, they're not open on weekends. <laughs> Two, they only accept cash. Three, they don't deliver. Four, they close at 6 p.m. Five, you can only buy a pie. You can't buy a slice. You can't buy a fucking calzone. They don't got garlic knots. They have pies of pizza. That's it. They bake. They go cheese, um, sauce, cheese, sauce. That's what they do. I don't know what it's called. It's called the fucking pizza place in Little Falls. It might not even <laughs> exist. It might only exist in my mind. It's the greatest pizza that's ever existed. Dream. Also, I had a really good slice of pizza in Brooklyn. What's the famous Brooklyn pizzeria? L&D's. Yes, L&D's. That actually is legitimately probably the best pizza I've ever eaten. But we're talking about New Jersey, so. Well, hold on. So real quick before we move on. When we were on tour in... We were in Detroit uh, when we passed Eight Mile, and Gary decided to stick his head out the window and scream, "Mom's spaghetti!" And we had a show on—I thought we were going to die, but we had a show on Ten Mile. And we get out, and there's—we looked at Google Maps. There were two food places within a mile walk. We didn't want to go more than a mile because we were on Ten Mile. So yeah. our choices were McDonald's or this little place. It was right next to the venue. It just said Thai food, and it looked like an old woman's kitchen in the middle of Detroit. We're like, well, we have a show to play tonight. We probably shouldn't eat either of these things. But <laughs> Thai food's probably the better option. We go into this place, I swear to God, to this day, that was the best food I've ever eaten in my life. Wow. I don't that's know if awesome. it still exists. I think we might have walked into an old woman's house because that's what it looked like. Um, yeah. But that was, oh, my God. It was so good. But uh, again, awesome. it's that whole doesn't really have a name thing. <laughs> Top five places we ate on tour. Okay, number five. <laughs> all of it is steak and shake and waffle house. It's all tacos. It's all tacos we ate at people's houses. Oh, yeah. Love it. Love it. It's awesome. Gary, that's like down down by where I live, man. So I go with I go with Vicks and Bradley Beach. Like the, the argument uh, here is are Vicks. And uh, a lot of people swear by Pete and Elders. I love I like Pete and Elders. It's very good. I I like the people there, so it's, it's that's like sacrilege. Like, uh, oh, like the environment's cool. The free T-shirt they gave me is really comfortable. It's huge on me, <laughs> and the pizza would yeah. probably be good in like a small setting. But when you're eating a gigantic pizza, oh, yeah. it is gross. Double XL. So you yeah. guys, you guys were eating pizza, and I was hanging out with Aaron making <laughs> sweet potato video. tacos. Yeah, nice. potato tacos. Oh, it was crazy. Sweet potato tacos. Oh my god, the best. We like food, yeah. dude. I don't know if you know. We <laughs> love food. We're like, nice. the, the perfect setting for this band would be if like a, a food network show was like, you want to do ska music for the bumpers <laughs> before we go to I mean, commercial? We play the taco yeah. Fest oh yeah, no, the Taco Fest though. I don't know. I think New Jersey Taco Fest is like our favorite show of the year. 
every single year, year except for this year. It's tacos, beer, and wrestling, wrestling. and ska. And, and there's a new metal band. Yeah. There's a, there's a new metal band called Defending Kane. They're from Western Virginia, not to be confused with West Virginia. Um, they're really awesome. They love us. A bunch of these metal guys that sound like Disturbed and a Mirror combined. And they're like, we love ska. And we're like, wait, really? You like ska? Oh my god. And then there's oh a, a ACDC yeah. cover band. It's the best show of the year. We play every year. It's Taco Fest. Where is that at? Um, I don't know, North Jersey, like up by, um, Sussex County Fairgrounds. Yeah. We, I actually well, said, we've said, even if the band breaks up, we're going to get together every year just to play, and play that show. Because, <laughs> like, it's so rad. Steve Seabury's the owner there. He's awesome, and he's always very good to us. And uh, that's how I found out about Topcaholics, which is now about a 10-minute drive from my house, and I have it every Tuesday. Hell yeah. Nice. You guys sent me some links to that. It, wrestling and tacos and ska. I'm in, like, totally. Right. Oh, that's like, that's yeah. what we're so saying. Good. The best day ever. <laughs> and I, I'm a that's photographer a- on the side, so, like, taking action photos of the wrestling. I, I can leave the band to go on stage, and, you know, I'll go hang out with the wrestling for a while. <laughs> Yes, that's okay. We're we're big uh, wrestling uh, show over here too. And Never Gary, know. you know, I did promise you this this spotlight. So tell us a little bit about your uh, secret identity uh, wrestling persona. Yeah, I was a wrestler. Next question. Really? <laughs> <laughs> I, I, feel like, I feel like we need to do a wrestling centric podcast. But yes, I was a. I worked for a couple wrestling companies, uh, doing color commentary and, and some in ring work as a, like a manager. Yeah. I was uh, I had my own wrestling podcast, and then I actually wrestled one match in my hometown in North Plainfield, and I was came to see him. Yeah, everyone came to see me, and uh, it was like a battle royal type of thing. And I talked so much smack because I was like, "I'm too good for this town." I left this town. <laughs> character, sure. And then um, uh, I was about to come into the ring, and I got beat up by their the, the company's women's champion because she was upset that I was in the match and she wasn't, and. Um, we were backstage, and uh, she's she's like, have you ever been punched before? I'm like, well, I mean, not really. So she gave me a working punch, and that shit hurt, let me tell you. That shit did not feel yeah. good. And uh, then she kicked my ass for a while, and it was super fun. I got video That's and photo. Wrestlers are not a force to reckon with. Yeah, it was awesome. It was a really good time. Living yeah, the dream, I have that bro. perfect shot of him getting hit in the face and the spit coming out of his mouth. Oh, my God. And his whole face just... <laughs> Like punch it out. <laughs> I would have, I would have pursued it more, but my wife was like, "We're getting married this year, and I can't have you getting hurt before our wedding." That's what we're talking. Again. We call it transcension right there. That worked out well. So anyway, I got hurt before our wedding. That's your next question. <laughs> no. Oh, no, not at all, guys. And real. And real quick, you know, obviously with everything going on in the world, you know, we miss those shows. I, I personally really do feel like that first time back on stage, that first crash symbol that I hit, man, uh, I think it's just going to be that much better. I hope the crowds come back. You know, I really think just everyone's going to try to get out. I think there's going to be like this revival for the music scene. I really do believe that. Um, do you guys kind of have any any thoughts or anything that you guys want to say to the fans for when you come back? Don't call on us. y'all. <laughs> 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 what? Sorry, no. Uh, don't, don't wear a mask. Don't go off on us. Buy our merch because we are broke. <laughs> yeah, I mean, so it's definitely, you know, we're excited to see everybody whenever it's safe to. Um, I think a lot of us are hoping for more outdoor shows. Honestly, I would so be down with like a beach bash, like 
multi-genre like outdoor show what's that we were made for outdoor festival show time and we're just copying we belong in the summer that's the thing like if we can have like east coast back to the beach like how cool would that be because that's always a sick lineup every single year um but yeah i mean we're we're excited you know we just we just hope that everybody's you know staying safe so they can see us whenever you know our return may be but in the meantime you know, we just hope that everybody is supporting their bands, whatever, whatever way they can. I know my merch buying has been like skyrocketing <laughs> since lockdown started to make up for all the shows that I haven't been going to. So um, this is this is the part where where I plug our merch. Uh, BackyardSuperheroes.com uh, is new and revamped and we have, you know, we have our merch. So please buy it. It's all over my house. It's all over my living room. <laughs> so, you know, and every every penny goes to the band. So, I mean, we don't we don't do this for a career. We just do this for fun, but, you know, for anybody that it wants to It pays for recording. You know, it pays for recording, pays for CDs, it pays for new stuff in the future, you know, shirts, pins, magnets, what beer koozies, who, who beach balls. Knows? <laughs> beach balls. Backyard nice. superhero sunglasses, you know. The but no, it's, it's actually are endless. <laughs> it's been really cool though, because you know we've all kind of been thrown into this, you know, whole COVID thing and quarantine. You know, we put out the the single, and we're already talking about like, you know, what can we do next? Because we all miss playing. Um, now that we figured out the basic recording aspects and realized that we can actually kind of pull this shit off pretty well. Um, you know, we want to continue on that. We're a lot of us are working with other, you know, local bands, not even just from around us, but like independent bands from around the country, um, doing collaborations. And it's it's honestly like the perfect time for networking. We're we're playing with some of the coolest people. You know, there's there's a group of people. Um, I'm, I'm not going to plug it, but it it's cool. Like we have people from you know bands like that played with the Specials. We have people that have played with you know Rancid or the Interrupters playing with this little no-name guy who had a song idea three years ago but didn't have a band and just needed to put it together and it's not like session musicians where it's like all right you have to pay you know a thousand dollars an hour for me to play on this it's more of like i want to be a part of this and it's really cool because you can tell like a lot of people just miss being a part of a band or being a part of a group that you know interacts and we spoke earlier about how you know the horns we we have a four-person horn section and we built it while we were recording it like they're there's no way you can have a four-person band practice without being near each other to write this stuff out. So it's a lot of trust and a lot of building off other people's ideas. And it's like it's a whole new age of music at this point because we're, we're doing collaborations with people from around the world. And it's, you know, I'll write a guitar part. I'll send it to someone on the other side of the country. They'll send it to someone else. And by the time it gets back to me, it's a full song. It's really it just cool. evolves. Wow, I mean, we just crazy. finished a a 34-person cover of Fat Lip by Sum 41 uh, with really? 29 singers on it. Yeah. And it, it's it's in mixing now, and we're doing a video oh, for wow. it. And I don't know why I thought it was a good idea when I started it, um, but it's, it's probably <laughs> one were of bored. the coolest things. <laughs> Honestly, it, it was boredom. But it's Tag turned me. into Tag one of the coolest things I've done. And I'm loving it. Oh. And it's, it's just kind of paved the way for the next steps. And, you know, we're going to be doing some uh, more stuff in the future. I don't know if we're allowed to talk about anything anytime soon. Yeah, okay. Keep it a secret. Yeah, I, I like to... with Taylor Swift. Look there, I fucking spilled <laughs> I like to pretend like Gary and uh, Bex are my my parents or my bosses. Like I don't I try not to do any of these things anymore. Um, I usually just let them talk and I sit off to the side. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, so.
Well, tag me in that Sum 41 thing. That sounds like, uh-oh, uh, mystery appear. <laughs> it's happening. It's, Wait, it's is happening. that my fish for my wedding? <laughs> That's another um, quarantine. I actually, I got married. Uh, we were supposed to have our reception. It got pushed till next year. So Gary oh, was wow. actually the efficient for our wedding, and uh, Muppet Gary showed up. <laughs> yes that's awesome that's a that's a different interview i can't wait for that one um guys thank you again for a few minutes real quick shameless promo time we did talk about the merch and the website where can everyone follow you guys on social media so i run the twitter um so if anyone still uses twitter if any of y'all want to see my uh my rants i i go rampant on there so uh we're on twitter as backyard super backyard superheroes is too many characters um facebook Oops. backyard superheroes the three of us run that equally instagram backyard superheroes make sure you're not uh doing backyard heroes they're friends of ours but they're a different band <laughs> there's also yeah. the backyard superheroes that's not us we we will fight them and hurt them no they, they <laughs> broke up like six years ago and they were only back for like a month until i told them to stop but anyway continue <laughs> Um, yeah, yeah, our so lawyers we, had to get involved in that one. <laughs> yeah. Saying I was in Unbearable Slackers in the same genre as The Slackers, you know, one of the biggest ska bands of all time. Yeah, we... Uh, yeah. Bad ideas. Our lawyer, the band lawyers. It's yes, Gary. Have one of, uh, so we have Facebook, Instagram, Twitter. Um, like I mentioned before, our website, BackyardSuperheroes.com takes you right to um the merch site so if you want to buy a shirt if you want to buy you know a, a phone pop out holder that goes on the back of your phone a sticky thing um yeah like what gary has and like what josh has you freaking nerds um <laughs> not like i can talk mine is mine is a pedal mine's a dispatch master cool um, <laughs> um <laughs> But yeah, we're also on Bandcamp too. Um, isn't Bandcamp donating more proceeds of their sales anytime soon? Did I miss that or am I hallucinating or? Yeah, I think that's Friday. Oh, July 3rd. This Friday? July 3rd. Oh yeah, the first Friday of every single month, Bandcamp is um, donating all proceeds from any uh, music sales. Um, actually, no, they're allowing all artists to have. No, they're, they're waiving fees. Uh, they're so waiving they're, fees, they're fees so, so artists can have their full share uh, of the so profits. That's what been, it was. Yeah, what we've been doing is, you know, we came out with most of all, and we, you know, we all have full-time jobs. So we're not worried about the money. And with everything kind of going on in the world and, you know, everything being on fire, we figured it would be a better idea to kind of, you know, use our voice and our recognition for all, like, $6 we probably made on this thing. Um, but anything that we got through Bandcamp, we donated to, I think it was the Philadelphia Bail Fund. Yep. Yeah, we donated to Philly uh, to Philly Bail Fund. We donated to ACLU. Yeah, um, so we're trying to time. yeah, so we're trying to change it up a little bit. We just want to use our platform for good. You know, at the end of the day, we're all people that just want to do the right thing. You know, for other people that don't have the opportunity to. So, you know, we're we're always happy it's to to donate. <laughs> well, yeah, I mean, you know, in in times like these, we we just need to stand up for what's right because there are a lot of people who aren't. So. You know, and we're I not mean, a political look, band, but this is not, not politics. We're not right. political, but yeah, this isn't the things going on right now are not political. It's treating everybody the same, and you know, if people can't do that, we got to fix that. We got to do what we can to, you know, yeah. to kind of do our part and make up for it. So you know, yeah, yeah. We all got so to use, use our platform. 
Yeah, very well said. Like, uh, you know, we we never really get political on this show, but, you know, the way this year has been, you know, got to have discussions. We got to face things heads on. We got to use our platforms for charity and good causes and all that kind of stuff. And everyone, let's just be nice to each other. Let's get each other's back. We're going through a lot right now. Let's, you know, let's let's be on the same team here. It's all, right. all about unity. Yeah, <laughs> there it is. Perfectly said. I think that's a great note to, note to end it on, um, guys. Thank you so much for a few minutes. This was a was a pleasure. We are gonna listen to a little tunage getting out of here. Uh, we're listening to the track, the weekend, real quick before we get out of here. Tell me a little bit about that track. <laughs> so the weekend, I I'm trying to remember. I I think it started almost as like a sex joke at one point because I'm I'm making plans for the weekend. And then for the bridge, it was all about like I'm staying in bed for the weekend. And it's like I'm gonna. Yeah, it, it was a bad joke, but I mean, it was the whole idea of, you know, it was kind of the next iteration of Netflix and chill. Um, you know, it's, you know, going through the whole work week and just kind of staring at the clock, waiting for it to, you know, for the time to go home. And then you finally get to the weekend and you don't actually do anything. <laughs> I gotcha. Cool. Well, I'm excited to listen to it. You guys are awesome. You know, when the shows are back and kicking, I, I hope to be seeing you guys again soon. I uh, can't wait. And if you guys got some new music, throw it my way. And everybody, just be nice to each other. Get each other's back. Uh, eat tacos and listen to ska. We are out. Peace. <laughs> yeah. Oh, yeah. yeah. Thanks so much. Yeah. I'm making plans for the weekend. Wonder what's in store. I'm making plans for the weekend. Leaves me wanting more. I'm making plans for the weekend. Gonna let it all hang out. That's what it's all about Only Monday and I'm wrecking my brain By Tuesday I've lost my place Got to hunt day but I'm going to save Two more days never seems far away Cause now I know when I get out, I got a place to be Gotta go Two more hours till they set me free I'm making plans for the weekend Wonder what's in store Making plans for the weekend Always seems we wanted more Making plans for the weekend Don't let it all hang out Making plans for the weekend That's what it's all about
got no plans for the weekend Gonna spend it in my bed I'm making plans for the weekend Bye.